Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house. We're at Heist Brewery for another episode of this fantastic podcast. What's going on, Danny Brams? <laughs> What's up, John? Happy day to you. We're coming off a loss, but we're not going to dwell on it. It's a cup week. We're at a new location for the pod up here at Heist Noda. Life is beautiful. What you drinking? I'm drinking the the pills, uh, the Druid pills, and it's a German Pilsner, six percent ABV, a classic German style Pilsner, from the yeast to the hops. It's crisp, it's dry, it's refreshing. I've got a 16 ounce beautiful chalice here. I love a six percent Pilsner because whenever I think of Pilsner, I'm always like, oh, that's a, you know, I'm thinking Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light. That's what I, the the mental image in my head. So uh, when I see a nice 6% ABV Pilsner, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And uh, the Druid Pills hopefully will throw you into a, uh, a meditative state there, like the, the mystics of old, the built Stonehenge. But I'm uh, drinking a Dank Daniel Hazy IPA. You know I love my Hazy IPAs. My name is Daniel. It's been known to get dank on occasion. And uh, so I thought the name just kind of spoke to me. And... Uh, so I ordered one. It's uh, from New England, which I don't love. Uh, it's a, it's not a local brew, and uh, you know, just kind of coincidentally hails from the land of our most uh, latest defeat. But it's a nice hazy with tons of different hops in it. It's tropical. It's earthy. It's piney. It's got it all. It's dank, baby. It sounds good. Cheers. Cheers to that. I'm gonna have to try one of these. But the, the pills will have to do during the show. We, we've got a ton to talk about on this episode. It's Charlotte FC's first midweek game. Yeah. We don't have to wait. You know, there's a, there's a game hours away, really. Yes. I mean, if, yeah, we're recording this on a Monday evening in Charlotte. Uh, and we're happy to be here. It was a dreary Monday. In Charlotte, by the way, some rain, some cooler temps after some some beautiful weather over the weekend, and the weather should improve before the match on Wednesday. But um, you know, we're 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 absolutely pumped about the fact that we have the ability, first of all, to drive down and watch this match. Yes. I, I said to you when I when I looked at the draw, and this is why I think I love the U.S. Open Cup, is because you basically have to be paired in ties against clubs within a driving footprint. Right. It starts out regional. It has like, to be that like way. the Like the, uh, the College World Series regional tournaments used to be before they kind of went more national, and like the NCAA tournament also. Yeah, it starts out regional, which is great. I remember it's pure. The first option, you wanted to be drawn against the Independents, right? That was, yes. your, that was your, like, yes. your pie-in-the-sky, heart-of-hearts dream. Unfortunately, the Independents went down in rough fashion in their op- uh, cup opener but there was a chance we could have played the battery but they went down as well so sorry charleston battery you uh if you're uh if you're here right next to me you can see the single tear going down my cheek for your sorrows uh, but good beer garden we, we are <laughs> good beer garden we the love record. the beer garden we love the beer garden down there in sea town mount but, pleasant mount pleasant yeah but we are playing another carolina team which is great and uh greenville's gonna be awesome i can't wait to drive over there with you we'll have some good times uh it's like half of our trip down to Atlanta, so that's going to save yeah, some time, this, which is yeah, nice. It's easy. We should probably, I, you know, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag or promise anything that we can't deliver, but the plan as of now is to find a local Greenville hotspot and, and record another instant reaction pod right after the game, so that should be pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a great midweek action. MLS used to have a lot more midweek games. Like, the last few years there were a lot of midweek games. There's always like five or six, but they – the players kind of balked at that eventually after a few years, and so the the league made a specific push this year to eliminate a lot of midweek fixtures, which is good for the players, unfortunate for the fans. But uh, we got this one. We'll we'll be in action on Wednesday. I cannot wait to get to Greenville. So to get you hype, and clearly I don't need to do that. I mean, I can tell that you're pumped for the matchup. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped, baby. I'm pumped for the matchup as well. And you know who else is pumped for the matchup? Uh, the best coach in Major League Soccer. M-A-R, Miguel Angel. Let me read you a, a quote from uh, his press conference this week. And I believe it was today on Monday. 
about this U.S. Open Cup fixture. He says, quote, always the cup, everywhere, all around the world. It is a fun competition. It's so true. You know, I'm, I'm watching the FA Cup. Always the cup. That's brilliant. <laughs> Three words that just freaking made me want to run through a wall. Always the cup. Brilliant. And it's a chance for teams from the lower levels to face the first division teams. Yes. Of course. Like, that's what... That's the magic of the cup. I mean, look. It's all about. I mean, the U.S. Open Cup has about 100 years to go before it has the history of the FA Cup in England. But it's still a brilliant competition. It's so awesome. I remember, you know, FC Cincinnati, they won the U.S. Open Cup the year before they elevated from USL to MLS. And it was like so much momentum and just excitement. Uh, You know, the later round games are televised on the main ESPN channel most of the time in the summer. So, like, the U.S. Open Cup is... It's like the, it's not a big deal really in mainstream U.S. sports, but it's a massive deal in mainstream U.S. soccer, if you can see that distinction. So I, I'm really pumped. MAR goes on to say, quote, It is always fun. They are always more open games with less fears. Always for the spectators. It's a funny competition. I don't know for the coaches. And he laughs while, while saying this. And again, this is, this is a quote that I read it and I say, like, this is, yes, this is it. This guy gets it, like, 100%. He's a great motivator. He understands exactly how to take a cup match and identify it for what it is. A fun game that will be played open. For the fans. I mean, they should all be fun games. I, I will say that, but I, I get what he's going for there, which is that when you're playing in the regular season, there's a little bit more tension because it's like everything is so hyped up. It like it matters so much. Obviously, in a one and done cup scenario, it matters just as much. But well, it does when you get the, into the 70th minute. Yeah, in these early rounds, it's it's just fun. It's just it's fun. What I like most about these quotes you're dropping is the way he hinted at some potential lineup changes. I mean, it's obvious anyone who follows big-time soccer knows that managers tend to change up their lineup for cup games, especially early round cup games, just to for rest purposes and different looks and things like that to give some other guys a chance to get out on the pitch. But I, that's part of the fun, is that we're going to see a sharp... Like, later in this episode, we're going to delve into a little bit about how the 11 is kind of set now. We kind of know who this Charlotte FC like starting 11 is. But the cup could be anything. They, they, could, they could come out and start Coa Santos in this cup game, you know? I mean, <laughs> who? <laughs> exactly. Well, the Hawaiian sensation, baby. I mean, you know, if you don't know Coa Santos, you better go Google some, a few things before you li- finish listening to this episode. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows who we're going to see out there? He goes on to say, MAR does, quote, of course, being shorter... We can believe that this is more achievable than a long competition. For us, it is a great opportunity to keep getting experience, learning, and minutes together. When you get an important reward for the club, I'm not talking only financially, also to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League. So it's important for the club to play this competition and try your best to win it all. I mean, I mean, what he's hinting at there is that the winner of the U.S. Open Cup gets to a bid to the CONCACAF Champions League next year, regardless of where they finish in the MLS table. And to be honest, that's not something I had even thought about going into this first, you know, our first game of the Cup. But it's amazing that MAR is thinking about it. I'm thinking it. about <laughs> it. Yeah, you, yeah, well, you're, you're a smarter man than I. But, uh, like, I love the fact that we're playing for a trophy. We're playing for something, to, some hardware to put in the case. And we're playing for a spot in the, in the CONCACAF Champions League. Like, I don't expect Charlotte to win MLS Cup this year. There's just too many factors working against us. But I could see us winning the U.S. Open Cup. And I could see us somehow backdooring some crazy-ass spot into the CONCACAF Champions League <laughs> next year. Uh, I mean, I could see. I, I believe LAFC made it after their expansion season to the, to the next season's CONCACAF Champions League. I have to look that up, but... I think Atlanta is. The, I think Atlanta made the CCO the, as well. Atlanta's the reigning champs. So, 
I say let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's win the damn U.S. Open Cup. So, you know that that's what we're pumped about here this week. Um, so we, we yeah. Could you tell how many times have I said pumped? By the way, if you were drinking every time I said the word pumped, you'd be about as tipsy as I am right wait, now. Wait. Well, I'm I'm in on the party. <laughs> like let's let's have a pumped party. You know, my, it's like it's like my friend uh, Schwarzenegger. He loves to pump. You know, that's a uh, that's a good inside joke for one of our listeners. Let's let's not uh, ignore our big colonial friend with a musket gun in the room. We do, yeah. Well, you know, we don't want to, this whole thing to be dwelling on the Revs' loss because that was, a, frankly, that was a couple of days ago at this point but they, now that we're recording. And we want to move forward, but we do have obviously have to dwell with what happened in New England. I thought it was points lost. Ultimately, we'll talk, we'll break down a few things here over the next few minutes, but ultimately... If you want the too long didn't read on what happened in New England last weekend, it's points lost. We should have been able to get out of that game with a point for sure. Two dumb, dumb goals that we allowed, and scored a Galasso to make us feel better. But ultimately, we shouldn't have allowed either one of those goals, in my opinion. And so to give it two of them is rough. He's Danny Brams. You can follow him on Twitter at Danny Brams. You'll follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. And follow at For the Crown Baby. That's our podcast specific Twitter handle. You'll see some fun graphics we post from there, some post match stuff, some breakdowns. So we both sort of, sort of independently run the For the Crown Baby Twitter ha- handle. We both sort of have free range to just go on there and do whatever we want. And we, you know, anything that I do that I feel like I should have checked with you first, I'll just sign it with a DB <laughs> and you do the same. Yeah. So I got to say, you posted those graphics. Uh, without telling me about them first. And I was, like, blown away, man. I was like, this these two graphics tell the whole story of this damn freaking loss of that we shouldn't have had. Yeah, so just go there, check out the Twitter handle. You'll see my breakdown. At For the Crown Baby, about the left flank, Christian Fuchs on the left side. Uh, we'll get into what all that stuff means and have that discussion about the lack of attacking threat in the midfield in this match and how we can resolve that issue moving forward um Camille Uzviak he's he's here he's in town we, uh, I, I'm shocked we did not see Uzviak well excuse me I'm not shocked but I am disappointed I'm not mad I'm just disappointed <laughs> I, I I was I'm not shocked because Miguel pretty much hinted early on that he wasn't going to play him uh by making him questionable on the injury report uh then later in the postgame press what you called yeah yeah he and he said uh he said he doesn't know the, the system, he doesn't know our model, he doesn't know the team, I don't know him enough to put him in. Uh, that didn't stop you from playing Derek Jones a week after you signed him. That didn't stop you from playing Daniel Rios less than 48 hours after you signed him. So I didn't quite buy that excuse from MAR, so that tells me that something might be different as to why Yusviak didn't play. But I, I have no concerns about it. I'm, not, I, I'm willing to let him come in when he is ready to come in. Um, I wish we had had him from the start of the season. I wish he had not picked up that extra injury that kept us from signing him early. But I am expecting so many big things from him over the course of this long MLS season that I will be patient for UCF. We're going to get into all of that. And another thing that I'm excited to get into is where we've been along the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll break that down a little bit. It's going to be fun. We, we've done a podcast now at about 10 different locations and a new one today yes and so we wanted to celebrate our first time here at heist a place that we we really love they're treating us great here our 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 server emmanuel oh emmanuel was awesome he got us this back room hookup it's a little loud in the main heist bar the music's a little little uh popping so uh we stepped into this back room got a nice little recording space and uh heist hooked it up thank you very much We're back after this.
Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams in the house, just coming out of a a fun break here at Heist Brewery, where uh, our server Emmanuel, a big MLS fan, by the way, he said he's in the Orlando City. Yeah. Supporter. See, t- talk to us in two weeks, Emmanuel. But uh, today you're our boy because uh, you hooked us up pretty nicely with some great beers that we ordered, and then a few great beers that we didn't even order. You had the recommendations here at Heist, and uh, we just busted out a couple double draw four quadruple imperial IPA 9.6 ABV bombers, and we're ready for the next segment. That's what we call on the show heavy artillery. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Buckle up, friends. What's the, uh, what's the flavor profile there? The double draw four is a hazy double. Quadruple dry hopped. I mean, you got hops from Eldorado. There's, of course, the citrus notes. Even a little pineapple, which, you know, you, you hear citrus notes. You think orange. You think lemon. You don't think pineapple. No, you don't. And yet here it is in the double draw four. So just absolutely insane. Uh, crazy beer. Probably wouldn't want to drink five of them, but drinking one of them was absolutely incredible. It was tasty. <laughs> I will. I will certainly agree, and we can we can leave it there. Um, so we're, we're happy to be at Heist. Brewery. I have also switched up. I'm also oh, on no, to no, no. my next beer. I'm switched Excuse up. Excuse me. I switched up from the Dank Daniel to the uh, High Fives, and that's because um, it is another New England I- hazy IPA, but they use South Carolina wildflower honey in Ooh. the High Fives, and that just I had to order. Let's you know shout out to the Palmetto State. We love the Low Country. We love the Southbound and Crown supporters group down there making it happen. One of the best supporters groups in Charlotte FC community. And, uh, yeah, we are from the Carolinas, baby. It's not – there's a reason we're Charlotte FC, not North Carolina FC. Let's just put leave it at that. Amen. Yeah, it's a, it's a city that welcomes everyone. It's a, a city in which I'm proud to live. There's, there's no doubt about that. And the places that we've been, the, the final segment of the show today, which I think you'll enjoy – We've tried to show off Charlotte through the places that we've been. We've been south to north, and this is the farthest north location we've ever been here at Heist. And we uh, we may even break down and rank our top ten, you know, which is is always tough to do because you hate to slight anybody. But we've we've had a good run, you know, in in the two plus months of doing this show, we've just uh, had a great time. Most importantly. We've developed a, a little bit of a following and some loyal followers and listeners who are out there who we absolutely love. What did I tell you the other day? I said, I love our listeners. Yeah, you did. You said, I love our listeners. <laughs> I showed you. Got some great re- uh, reviews on Reddit, which was awesome. Uh, another social media network. We focus mostly on Twitter, but we love to post our stuff on Reddit, too. And uh, everybody who's sending shout-outs, you know, I always love to sh- send a shout-out to Hitch, our, our, <laughs> the first-ever reviewer. Hitch, if you're out there, thank you always. But anyone who's followed in his brilliant footsteps, uh, I love you as well. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Follow us at For the Crown Baby on Twitter because we're almost at 100 followers. And right. So you might as well have a benchmark and enjoy uh, like we always do, right? I told you at the match, you know, don't forget where you came from. Right. You know, like you, you got to celebrate the, the little details. You got to celebrate the process. Every step along the way. Uh, which... Speaking of that, you can't just fully ignore the two to one loss on the road. At Wait, we lost this weekend? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it sucks. We 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 sacrifice points. If the if at the end of the year we're looking back and we're a point short of where we want to be on our goals, I would have to say that this was one a point that we gave away because we control possession. We had sixty percent possession. We had more shots on goal, as far as I know. Uh, I'd have to double-check. I know we did at one point. They might have changed by the end of the match. I'll double-check, yeah. Uh, we basically got to do the things we want to do, but the problem was it was just bad execution. I mean, I think it just comes flat out to bad execution. The tactical game plan was what we, you and I both wanted to see in terms of a 4-4-2, in terms of not dropping the second striker, in terms of trying to create a bouncer situation to free up Rios and the midfielders making the runs into the, the box. The problem was the midfielders were not making the runs. It, our midfield just got outplayed, unfortunately. And I love Alan Franco. I love Jordi Alcivar. I love Ben Bender. And I 
fucking love Brant Bronico, but they got outplayed in New England on Saturday. 13 shots for New England, 8 shots for Charlotte. And we had more at halftime. The, 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 the stat I referenced earlier was I know we had more at halftime. So the second half, we actually fell behind. That sucks. Shots on target? Absolutely. Four shots on target in the, in the first half. And that doesn't count the woodwork. Right. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> he was so close. We've been calling for Danny Rios' first goal for this club, like, every episode. So yeah. it's starting to get a little bit uh, uh, monotonous or repetitive. But he was so close on Saturday. We thought it would, I mean, and that would have changed the game for sure. Ball into the box. He's got it on his right foot. He's about 10 yards out. About a, about two yards outside of the six-yard box. And he could have sent it across the face of goal towards the back post. But he went for the laces down crusher inside. into the top right corner. Yeah. I think we, we all wish he would have tried to go across <laughs> across to the far post on that one. It seemed a lot more open. I, I don't know. I'm not in his head space at that point. But even the, I believe even the TV commentators made, made the point that, wow, that, that far post looked a little bit more open. But uh, regardless, I mean, he did beat the keeper. He just unfortunately did not beat the post. Uh, Rios is going to score his goal eventually. We did come out in the first half against New England and – we, we unfortunately gave up the early goal on a, a cross, which I want to ask you about in a second. Uh, but for the most part, we were bossing the game early. You know, we, we were getting the chances. I was not happy with Carroll's touches uh, in the first half or the game overall. I think Carroll needed more touches. But the biggest problem I felt that, that as far as us surrendering goals was we did not have an answer for Adam Buxa in the box. All these crosses, were, they were just crossing constantly to Buxa, who did not play in the first Rev's Charlotte game that when we won here in Bayou A. And Buxa was this freaking giraffe up here is up here sticking his neck out, heading every freaking cross that comes his way. I identified him immediately as a problem. And because Carujo's a big dude, and he's bigger than Carujo. Yeah, he's tall, man. He, he's, he's huge, and he was a target for crosses coming in. So it's not about your center backs with that position in that situation. It's more so about making sure that the ball doesn't come in, the mm-hmm. whipped ball doesn't happen. So, if I could just describe the formation. And, okay, hit me. When you've got Fuchs and Lindsay in a four-back situation, and you've got Franco, Alcivar, and Bender as your front three of the triangle. Mm-hmm who are all pushing forward, who are forward-thinking players. And, by the way, we love them for that. Very much so. A bad game doesn't change that. Then you've got your two strikers up top, so you've got five guys going forward. There's so much space for crosses Mm -hmm. on the flanks because Bronny Bro is in the middle there, and and, and what he does is he could drop back and make it a back five, but that's not what happens. Trust me, right. he does not play as a center back in the back five. And that's well, why, and the point that I'm ultimately going to make out of this is that's why I called for a back five right. against New England. Because that's, well, even if Bronico would have played in that sort of deeper sitting back role the way Derek Jones did in the first match against New England at home, still no clue why we have not seen hide nor hair of Derek Jones ever since then. Uh, I mean, we, we love you, Bronny, bro, but man, I mean, Jones didn't even make the bench this last game. Uh but, yeah, we, we, we need five men in defense for sure, but Bronico was cons- consistently past the half line, and that's not where we want him. That's not where he's most effective for Charlotte Football Club. We don't want Brian Bronico across the half line. We want Brian Bronico sitting in front of the center backs, sweeping, putting out fires, looking for trouble spots, cutting shit out before it happens. I mean, that's where he's best. That's where he's proven he's the best. So... Ultimately, though, it's, this is not about Bronico. We have to talk about a, a how this New England game and the goal, the first goal that we surrendered, uh, sort of is illustrative of the biggest dilemma facing this Charlotte team, which is left back. And we tried Fuchs at this position. As much as we love Team Dad, as much as Team Dad gets the big piece of chicken every damn family meal, obviously. We'd be nothing without him, et cetera, et cetera. All the platitudes, all due respect and all that. 
he's not our starting left back for the for, for the best formation of this club and for going forward. He's our best starting left back for the first five games of the season when you need to play your star player at a position that he's very comfortable now at playing. But but it was that the but the but remember how he played center back before in the previous game and then here in this New England game in the first few minutes he's playing left back Listen. but he's playing like a center back he's drifting he's inside the box when Brandon Bay gets the ball way out wide Brandon Bay had about 20 fucking feet of space to tee up that cross to Buxa for the first goal cuz Fuchs was late getting out there let me cut through the bullshit he knows it too Christian Fuchs if you're listening you know that I'm right if you cut through the bullshit if you cut through it what you understand is that in the Charlotte Independence USL playoff match, Christian Fuchs played center back. Right. And the reason why he played center back in that match, and I don't mean to be talking to you like I'm scolding you as an eight-year-old well, child. I feel scolded, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> is because that is his best position. Right. Right, And in the biggest match, he needs to play that role. And there's two players who can play left back on this squad. It's Joseph Mora and Adam Armour. Right. So stop creating this three-man weave on the mm-hmm. left side and make Fuchs the center back. Mm-hmm. Take McCoon out of the mm-hmm. lineup and let Adam Armour and Joseph Mora fight for left back. Right. And that's all I'm going to say about New England. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't want to talk about TT's Golazo, that's on you. But, oh, I, mean, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're right. Everything you're saying is right, and we don't need to dwell on the negative. But I will at least say thank you, for God, for TT Ortiz for giving us at least oh, something yes. at the end of that match. Because, you know, you're down 2-0 at the 80th minute. You're like, fuck. Like, what are we going to do? Like, like, this sucks. Why did I waste two hours watching this bull? But... TT gave us a golazo that was beautiful. It was a little chip shot. Ruiz made a nice pass. Then TT teed himself up. It was awesome. Uh, and, and those are the kind of things. It's kind of like when you're golfing. I don't know how many people out there are golfing, but we're both golfers, John and I. And, you know, you have a bad nine. You you know, you shoot six over par or whatever, and you're hating life. And then you, you sink a, a 20-foot putt at the end on your ninth green. The, you're that much fired up to go back around and play another uh, tee it up again. That's how it felt seeing TT's awesome goal. It was great. It was so great to see TT get on the score sheet. Uh, he's someone who has bought into this club and hasn't quite made the impact that we would have thought as someone coming in uh, from a big league like LMX. But he, there's still an impact for him to make, and I think he showed us a flash of what we might be able to see the rest of the season going forward because that was a sick goal. I initially thought like it was a left-footed goal because just from that angle to <clears throat> turn it into the top corner, I just figured it was a left-to-right spinner mm-hmm. into the top left corner of the, the net. Instead, it was just like this right foot, right-to-left mover mm-hmm. that like... Like right over Knighton's head. It's only going in the side netting. Yeah, yeah, it has yeah. has no yeah, chance yeah, to go yeah, into exactly. the back of the net. Exactly. And that was part of the problem is Brad Knighton, the New England keeper who was in because Matt Turner did not make the squad, who I, the last episode I, saw, I thought maybe he'd be back, and that he's probably... Their second best player, uh, but Knighton is horrible, and that was our biggest issue. Is that even though you we kept saying, "Give him work, pepper give this him guy, work. pepper yeah. this guy," because even though we led in shots on goal that I referenced earlier, they weren't like dangerous shots. They weren't like cutting shots. They weren't like shots that make you think they have a shot of going in. They were, a couple of them were weak shots. I'll admit, we needed to be peppering this guy because he makes mistakes, and that that to me that was just a failure. Gets into a little bit of what I want to talk about real quick. I know you're done talking about New England, John, but I just want to deal, and we can spin this forward. I want to talk about Karol Swiderski. He needs more touches, man. The guy needs more touches. He is our striker. He's our finisher. He's our goal scorer. He's our our top man. Our, our you know all whatever term you want to put on it. But he's also a playmaker. Karol Swiderski has skill. This guy, when he gets the ball wide, he's looking to create. Get the ball to Karol's feet. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Um, the one phrase that you forgot was talesman. Yeah, exactly. He's our talesman. Thank you. And 
the what, magical term. And what that means is that he is receiving the ball in space about 15 yards in front of the edge of the center circle in the opposition half. So that's the sweet spot. Like, if you could ever hit his foot in that space, you'd do it. But, you know, just to answer your question. I mean, he was dribbling sp- through, guys. He was dribbling out of double teams. And just to answer your, your, <laughs> your question more specifically, because I don't want to talk about the match anymore. <laughs> okay. Is when you have no attack through the center circle from your midfield, what that means is that there's no possession in that area, which means there's no through balls to your strikers. Yeah. And there's no connection with your strikers. There's not even like a, hey, touch it and pass it straight back. You know, like the connection is non-existent. Mm-hmm. And the illustration that I made and that SofaScore made that I put out there, and that's why I love SofaScore, by the way. You know, At For the Crown, baby, to see these graphics he's talking about. You know. Originally, I first said to you about Fuchs, I said, he's not getting enough forward. There's no attack happening. And then I was like, well, shit, he's getting targeted on the left side, too. So he's just defensive all match. Yeah. And that was the first thing I noticed. But then the second thing that I noticed on, on upon further review was that center attacking threat was virtually non-existent. And then I thought about the match, and I realized how it played out, and I realized that there was no connection whatsoever from the central midfield Mm. to the striking position. And when you ask about Swiderski, that's my my thought. If Fuchs isn't getting forward to whip balls into the box, he's not getting service. Mm -hmm. If there's no attacking midfield, he's not getting service. And if there's nobody coming down the right flank, which Jalen Lindsay, God bless him, he'll go for fucking 180 minutes. Knuckles. We love the kid. Good as it gets. But his quality on the end is just not there for a consistent service. So you have to build through the It will the be middle. there, though. I, I have no, full no, faith in no, Lindsay, no, you, but yes, yes. The, my, for right now. The, the point of that entire diatribe, which, by the way, I apologize for. But he's not talking about New England, folks. <laughs> is that you have to build through the center circle. And if you... If you... Remember when we were in Atlanta, I said to you, where are the balls in the center circle? Who is coming to receive the ball? Mm -hmm. Who is receiving and turning? Who is creating things from the midfield line? There was no one there. We got three midfielders right now, attacking midfielders. Franco, Alcivar, Bender. We cannot afford to have two of those guys have a bad game. And Franco and Alcivar had bad games against New England. It just that's how we. I'm not even sure if it's about bad. games. I think it was a bad game. No, 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 no. I'm just I I, I Alcivar is a is a luxury piece. He's not a key cog in the central midfield area. I mean, he takes every corner kick. That seems well. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Was, okay, I didn't see. I, I answered the first part of your sentence without hearing the second part. My fault. He can. He's a luxury. He right. can whip a ball in for Olympico. Right. But he's not like your central of the pitch player who's going to boss the game. Well, I think he needed to sub earlier. That's the, that's the other thing we were screaming at our TVs on Saturday night. We were like, subs, subs. At the 60-minute mark, we were like, get us the subs. And they didn't come on until after 70-minute. And then we get one goal back. But there's not enough time. You know, it was The subs should have come a little earlier. And also, by the way, uh, we can make the – first I want to throw out this. Carlos heel is soft. Carlos, if you're listening, you're soft. <laughs> and then the last thing we need to say about the New England match. Four minutes? Are you kidding me? Four minutes? <laughs> Four minute stoppage after like an injury and 25 freaking things that slowed the play up in the second half. We got four minutes of home cooking. When we were on the front foot, when we were just scored a goal, when we were looking to go get an equalizer, the refs screwed us yet again. The four minutes was just absurd. Well, we would, we, I, I said, for what it's worth, it's only a minute off. It's 60 seconds of what I said. I said it should be five minutes at a minimum. I said it should be seven, but yeah. So And he blew the, he blew the whistle at, 39.50, at, at three minutes 55. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, 48, he, did. You know, he, he was ready to go. Yeah, the ref was done. Yeah, and it's, it's not like it was a two-goal margin. So, Do you think he was tired? 
I, I honestly think there's home cooking when it comes to the fourth official and how, and how things work with the time on the clock. I think refs favor the home team in that situation. Danny Brams, John Hayes, follow us at For the Crown Baby for those um, match descriptions, graphics from SofaScore, who is the best. If you're not a owner, I guess you could say, of the SofaScore app, you're not doing it right. It's free, so buy Yeah. <laughs> Own that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're here at Heist Brewery. Great place to, to get a beer. Um, a Noda spot. If you don't know Noda, you got to get up here because it's one of the best parts of Charlotte. Follow us on Twitter at For the Crown Baby. Follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on Air. And most importantly, please follow at Danny Brands. <laughs> it's the very least you could do. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. We're coming back next after this. Welcome back. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, Heist Brewery in Noda on a Monday evening in the QC, Queen City. What a fun weekend it was. Of course, you heard us talk about just now the 2-1 loss on the road at New England. But we're, we're so pumped about this, this match on Wednesday against Greenville in the U.S. Open Cup, the inaugural match. Danny Brams and I, we're going to be down there on Wednesday night. We'll bring you a reaction pod right afterwards. I'm hoping Adam Armour goes to 90 minutes, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> Let me. Uh, one thing I want to say on that was another quote from Miguel Angel's uh, presser today where they asked him, who will the lineup be? And he said, I don't want to tip off our opponent, <laughs> which is great. You know, I'll do respect to the Greenville triumph, but you'd have to think Charlotte would be a favorite in this game. So it's just, it's kind of funny the the gamesmanship being played on the U.S. Open Cup level. He also said there's a chance Kalina might not start, so we'll see. Uh, Kalina shouldn't start if it was Give him a rest. Yeah. up to me. Yeah. I mean, a, a cup competition is for the backup keeper. Generally. That, to me, is why the magic of the cup is so special and why, you know, Zach Steffen. Well. Well. Go, go, USA. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right forum for that conversation. That's a whole other episode, bro. Yeah, It is. <laughs> yeah, let's wait till the offseason. It is. So, we're going to get into our top three recording locations in just a minute. And this is fun because it's a great list. Big Ben's, Hooligans, Valhalla, the Vintage Lounge, OMB, Beer Garden, the Z Shed, if you know, you know. Lenny Boy, Triple C, 12th Man in Pineville, Middle James, and of course here at Heist. Have we forgotten anything? I'm not sure. This list was put together on very short order. How many names on the list? Ten. That's perfect. Top ten list. Although, I don't want anybody to be on the bottom. So let's just do our top three and put everybody else at separate, uh, you know, four through ten equal. But before we pick our top three of recording locations, uh, one of the last things that I wanted to ask your soccer savant mind to do was to tell me who should get playing time on Wednesday that typically does not. I mentioned Coa Santos earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna level with you. I'm gonna be I'm gonna come clean. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> you don't say <laughs> I don't expect Coa to make his debut for the club in competitive play against Greenville, but someday. Uh, someday Cole will get out there. Who do I really think is going to play against Greenville? Well, obviously Adam Armour has to start. I think that's a consensus from the fan base. It's uh, I can see it just kind of radiating from your pores, the belief in Adam Armour. I just look at you across this table right now, and I see a guy who wants Adam Armour to play 90 minutes on Wednesday. It's one of those uh, players that will turn into class, and everyone will say, like, well, no shit. And I'll say, well, no shit. Yeah. So. I mean, we saw it in New England. I mean, the guy, as soon as he subbed on, he was like instant offense. He was playing center attacking mid. He was playing left back. He was playing left wing. Everywhere. What? I mean, yeah. But, but I expect him to start. I think most people do. Who, 
Who among the regulars? I think Franco will probably start the match. I could be wrong, but just having with him having missed some international time, I think he probably starts this one. Probably doesn't finish it. I think TT is the main man. Striker. Yeah, because I think Carol sits. I think Carol sits this one. Uh, you know, I think they might do one like TT and Rios. I could see that. I could see that. You know, for just sure. like taking like keep the four four two. Mm-hmm. Four one three two, and just like take Carol out and have it be Rios and right. and uh, TT. It's not going to be backups at every position, but it's going to be a, a substantial amount of backups. I feel in there. Well, who 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 is going to come in that we haven't seen? That was my question. Like, is there is Jan Sobosinski coming in to the match? Yes, he is. Because Fuchs has to rest, and McCoon played horrible against New England. So. Is Anton Walks coming into the match? Yes, because Carujo needs a rest. It's I'm 50-50 on that one, but yes. Carujo, we, we can't have Carujo go to Colorado and play at altitude next Saturday after if he if he puts in significant minutes against Greenville. So, yeah. Is Derek Jones in the match? Yeah, 100%. I, I think it's a showcase for Jones so, and TC. So, you're talking about like a 8 for 10, 8 yeah. for 11 change. Here. Yes, if they change the keeper, for sure. Yeah. And that's why. And that's why I said eight for ten, eight yeah, for eleven. Because yeah, 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 yeah. I realized, yeah, 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 I realized exactly. that the keeper might be off as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a rotated lineup, and uh, you know, Greenville's going to give it their all. But hopefully, Miguel's coaching should should shine through. I, I think we could win this one on coaching, even if our talent doesn't necessarily show up for kind of a weird midweek match. We'll see. I hope it it would suck to be out of the cup right away. We we bragged up how great this whole. Experience of the parallel competitions and the uh, the cup running concurrently with the season is, you know, and then uh, to be out of it right away would absolutely suck. Let's not dwell on that. I can't believe I even brought that up. I should not have even spoken that in the I sentence. don't expect I, to I, lose. I feel like a moron now. I don't expect to lose, and um, that's why I'm thinking about starting a second 11 in the match because that's how confident I am. I love it. So, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be sitting right behind MAR's bench, watching it all from sort of a, uh, not a tactical perspective, but more of a coach's box perspective. It should be fun. Yes. Just get the vibes of the match. Because mm-hmm. in soccer, like we've, we've dwelt on many, many times, the energy matters. And if you're, sitting, if you're there at the match and you're sitting in sections 118 to 120 where the visiting supporters sit, where the Greenville sold tickets to us, to most of our people, we're going to be pointing at you across the field and shouting you out and loving on you. And uh, They're right next to us. They're, like, literally right next to us. Oh, okay, side. okay. I thought they were across the no, way. No, My bad. No, okay, no, okay. No. Woo. Yeah. Good. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't, you know. I trust I let you handle these tickets. Yeah, I said, that's I'm what I'm g- saying. I, I, I'm I, I, the reason why I know is because I looked at the seat now. <laughs> My two plans are to be at the game and to be a little toasty. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I let you handle all the other details on that one. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great match. It's the U.S. Open Cup match, the inaugural match for Charlotte FC on the U.S. Open Cup um, on 420. So it should be a phenomenal day um, in Greenville, South Carolina, to to celebrate just that momentous occasion. Um, All right, John. Now we've talked – we like to keep the focus on the club, on the squad, because we are the club. The fans are the club. We we don't deny that. But we like to keep the focus on the squad, the players, the coach. We're going to take a few minutes here at the end of this episode and talk a little bit about ourselves because we picked up – a decent little bit of following over the last month and a half or so that we've been doing this and we love all our followers and we want to build a community and one of the coolest things that people have given us feedback on and what we love about doing this show and what people seem to enjoy about listening is that we mix it up and go we record live at different breweries around charlotte whenever convenient and uh we may, we go all over town. We've been north to south, south to north, and uh, east to west. Yeah, you've you've listed mo- you listed earlier in the episode all the places we've been, and now we want to just put a little top three list together to uh, just to sort of look back on all the fun we've had so far. I'm going to start off, and I'll tell you my number one, and my number one is Hooligans Elizabeth. It's where I mean, we recorded our trailer. It's, it's where it started. It, it started it all. You know why? Because it's an extension. Of the soul of soccer in Charlotte, mm-hmm. baby. It's yeah. like you can't you can't take that from me. 
Right. You know, like that's the spot for me. Number right. One. If we had recorded at Hooligans Uptown, probably that would be your number one, I would guess. They're the same. In, well, okay, okay. Hey, yeah, it, I like that. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know what it's like? Right. It's like royal blood. You know? <laughs> it just flows. You either have it or you don't. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, well, Hooligans is a great place. And uh, our initial recording, we probably, I think we even said we planned to do the majority of episodes there. But as it turned out, they weren't always open. They keep kind of weird hours over the Elizabeth one. Oh, so it's hard, to, it's hard to count on the Royals, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never they, know. Yeah, they, sh- they need us more than we need them, I guess, basically. But uh, uh, that's where we kind of came up with the concept to mix it up, which has worked, and move it around. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think that's a fair number one. Do you want me to give my, my number one, or do you want to do your number two and three first? That, that, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll give my two yeah, and yeah. three. Yeah, good call. Um, because I don't feel the same way about others that I do about the the, the soul of the soccer soul. in Charlotte. It's the soul. We're on the record in saying that, so that's that's where I'm at. Um, second on the list by far is OMB Beer Garden. Whew. That place is like it's like a mecca. You just show up there and it's like feels right. Right. That place is so fucking cool. You just walk into that beer garden, and it just—it's—it's it's like why? What took me so long to get here? It's an awesome bar with wood and iron chandeliers that takes you back with picnic tables and wood tables. It's like, truthfully, like you know, it's like where beer should be right drank or drunk, consumed or <laughs> yeah, yeah, drunken. Poured down your throat, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can't walk onto that place, onto that sort of campus they have over there in, in Central South End Charlotte, and not think of anything but drinking beer. You know, that's like it's like this is yeah. my purpose is to drink beer here in this beer garden. Yeah, OMB is great number two. So my number three is, um, I think, consistent with uh, what I said when we recorded the episode there. I said Triple C is a Charlotte staple. It is. It is a staple. So, from where I sit today, the, uh, I'm comfortable with those one, two, and three. Now, I want to know where, where you sit on this. And don't change, because you heard what I said. All right, I'm going to go three to one. I'm going to count them down. Oh, build some suspense. Add a little bit of drama here. Number three, I've got I. It's never good to put a disclaimer out before you say a definitive statement, because you just want your statement to live on its own. You hate to explain it away in advance and all that, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, this is just a list of my favorite experiences. This is not trying to quantify the quality of these bars, you know, intrinsically on their own. My experiences. Number three, I got to go with Valhalla Vintage. Ooh. The back room of Valhalla. It was an early episode. It was one of our first preseason episodes, if I'm not mistaken. And we were spending the day hanging out uptown. It was after open practice. Yeah, it was at, right after the open practice. That's right. And we were with Rachel having a good time. We went to the French Quarter. Went to Valhalla, and we were like, we want to record an episode here. It's a little loud. Uh, do you have a, a quieter room we could go to? We walked around. We, we found the vintage room, the wine cellar bar at the back room of Valhalla in the French Quarter and recorded just, just a tremendous episode there. And, and I think that's where we first came up with the Team Dad nickname for Christian Fuchs, if I'm not mistaken, yep. where he was officially uh, monikered that. So that's my number three. It was just, just a great fun time and uh, I don't know if we'll ever go back there I, I honestly think we might never go back there but that's my number three spot so and, and far honestly that, that's why I love it yeah and yeah. it's a great yeah. call out that, that, that day of podcasting from what we ordered for lunch mm-hmm. the the inside look at the squad that we got from open practice and then of course my you know you mentioned Rachel being there you know, it's, it's one of those things like it, it felt like community it's when I first learned to hate Joe Mora you know <laughs> <laughs> that open practice <laughs> but no, sorry, Sleepy Joe. My bad. I didn't mean to hit you out there. Uh, <laughs> my second place on the list is so tough, but I think I'm gonna go with Heist Brewery, our current location. These guys have just been tremendous to us. We've been here. We've taken a little longer to record this episode than we often do. We've taken a little bit, a few longer breaks to have a few more brews because Emmanuel's been a great dude, just hanging out with us at the bar and. Uh, Sampled a few uh, delicious hazy IPAs. The Druid Pills is treating Jay Hayes just right. And mm-hmm. uh, 
the wood paneling everywhere just makes it real really homey and uh, we definitely need to come back here because this is a Noda staple this is one of the signature locations in the city in terms of the Noda neighborhood and uh, it it vaults all the way to number two on my list of favorite places favorite recording sessions that we've had because I've just had a absolutely fabulous fun fantastic day recording this episode with you my man but uh just because i I know we're running out of time hop in hop in in. let me hop in here i have to hop in (laughs) and the reason why is because you know i just want to give a shout out to uh heist for taking care of us i love this place and i feel like this place loves me back and that makes me happy (laughs) right that's as good as it gets that's as good as it gets uh number one i'm gonna go omb I got to put OMB. I know you had him as number two. I have him as number one. Uh, I will go record a Charlotte FC podcast with you at OMB at 24-7. Yes. I'll go, I'll go record a... Yes. Uh, I'll go rec- it's, a, it's a great number one. <laughs> yeah. I will go record a podcast about watching grass grow at OMB because, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have a good time even if the listeners don't. Well, for what it's worth, the zoology in my backyard, it, it's not quite there yet. It's been... Not the best conditions for the the zoysia grass, mm-hmm. and the 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 crabgrass is coming in strong. So, I'd be there with you talking about just that. Yeah, especially at LMB. Yeah, the Z Shed gets an honorable mention. The Z Shed, oh, aka uh, the Hayes family backyard, uh, yeah. is a great place to record. We found ourselves there on a couple occasions where there were no. Uh, welcoming locales it was late at night places were closed they wouldn't turn the music off for us or whatever so we ended up at the z shed and that is always a great fallback it's our number one like if this isn't working we book it to the z shed etc and uh, we have some good times back there and uh you know it can i probably will get even more and more comfy as time goes by need not i say more about the z shed because you know that's my that's my cat, Zorro, and it's <laughs> named after him. So now you know. And if you made it this far in the episode, now you finally know. It's the Z Shed Studios, and I'm fine with putting my personality out there like that because it is what it is. <laughs> Man, this has been just a great time. I mean, we've had this is what this show is all about is just good times, loose talk, and uh, fast drinks. So. Thanks everyone for giving us a listen. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Again, if you made it this far, give us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Share it with a friend. We love it. We're going to be back with you after the match on Wednesday. Until then, cheers. For the crown, baby. <laughs>